0: This is the Morning Sports Desk on KWAD. I'm CJ Baumgartner. I'm being joined here by Corey Tackman. Good morning, Corey. Yes, good morning. How are you? Uh, It's a good morning, considering uh, that there's
1: uh, positivity
0: in the air. For Minnesota sports.
1: Is there? I think so. Wow. Okay. Why? Why? So much positivity out of you.
0: Well, don't focus on the Wild who lost last night. Don't focus on that. I'm sorry, who? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, the Minnesota Vikings introduced a new defensive coordinator, Brian Flores, yesterday. He's had the job for, what, about a couple weeks now? Something like that, yeah. But, like, now that the Super Bowl's over, it's a good chance to get some positive media headlines and kind of dominate the news cycle, because there's no chance we'd really... Go this much in depth if there's like the Super Bowl going on. So now they have right. a chance to kind of get their stuff out there, and they had the opening his opening press conference yesterday. Corey, I know you've read a little bit in your sports yeah. uh, about Flores. Is there anything that kind of stuck out to you in your initial kind of skim through?
1: Well, um, it sounds like he's going to continue to play a three four defense, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is which is f- fair. You know that that is. Um, uh, they moved to that last year and tried to adjust and, and and alter their personnel a little bit to fit that. The difference, of course, being uh, as it's as it says here. Uh, he says his three-four defense is quote aggressive by nature, and I don't know if you know this about last year's Vikings defense; they lacked a little aggressiveness. So, so the point of defense, Corey, is to uh,
0: is to go get the guy with the football. That's pretty much. The gist. Yes. And the Vikings decided that the best course of action would be to start like 15 yards back from the guy who has the football. Right. And that, I don't, it, I don't know if you know this, but it's pretty hard to go run at somebody when you first give them a 15-yard head start to get some momentum going.
1: There's probably two different philosophies, right? Yeah. The two different philosophies are let them do something with it and then stop them immediately. Yeah. Or try your hardest to not ever let them do something in the first place. Right in basketball, if somebody's got a good post player, you can sag off the ball handler and try to prevent those post-entry passes. Or you can put a lot of pressure on the ball handler and make those entry passes difficult. Exactly. And um, uh, Brian Flores is going to make the entry passes difficult.
0: Yeah. Brian Flores is going to add a lot to the mix. And, Corey, you know, I I had a chance to listen to his opening press conference, and uh, the one thing that stuck out to me was I think it's divine intervention that he came to Minnesota. So listen to what Brian Flores had to say about that.
2: Um, This was the right opportunity. Um, (laughs) It's funny, I was in church a couple weeks ago as this was all going on, and the pastors uh, Brian Edmonds in, uh, in, in Pittsburgh, he's he said, "In life, you can. There's instances where you can either have control, or you can have growth, and you can't have both." Um, and that kind of, you know, that 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 hit me pretty pretty good. Um, and uh, I just felt like this was a great opportunity for growth.
0: Now it's not the Reggie White, uh, you know, uh, calling him on the phone saying, "This is God, come to the Green Bay Packers." But <laughs> sure, I mean, hey, that's a it's a good sign.
1: I like that line a lot. You can have control, or you can have growth.
0: That's pretty good. So that's in reference to, he. this question he's answering is in reference to the question of, uh, somebody said, were you in the mix for that head coaching job for the Arizona Cardinals and why did you choose to instead be a defensive coordinator where you're not the head honcho of right. the entire team? Why would you do that? And his answer is, well I kind of want to grow a little bit more. Which, this guy's already been a head coach once before, so it's kind of it's a little now whether it's a press conference the answer whether it's genuine we'll find out but i mean that's at least the right thing to say Of like i it's a humbling thing to say to say you got still room to grow i well, think it was the way, what i took away from it yeah
1: that's a cool answer and he was in the mix for that arizona job now that's it no guarantee he would have got it there's no guarantee he he would have gotten it it's by all accounts um uh he would not have Mixed with Kyler very well, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> those two, those two would have probably uh, butted heads a few times. That's putting uh, it lightly. That being said, um, I really like that answer. I like that answer a lot. You can have control, or you can have growth. I like that. I like. I like a little philosophical you know in winning the press
0: conference uh he certainly put on a good first impression he also had another question to say so we talked about this a few minutes ago Corey. about you can attack or you can play back and here's a little bit uh about what flores said about kind of fitting the players to the personnel and here is his answer on that question
2: um we'll try to highlight the uh you know the things that our players do well um And, you know, try not to do some of the things that they don't do well. I think that's kind of a common, um, you know, phrase that coaches use oftentimes. I think it's something that um, we should do. It makes sense to me. Um,
0: So, I mean, obvious answer of, you know, I'm a coach. My job is to put the players in the best positions to succeed. Some coaches think my system is the best way to make them succeed. And some people say, you know, I need to set my system to the players and that's obviously, the Vikings learned that the hard way, that they're going to have to do that second option.
1: And that that is one of the uh, really important, I think, differences in professional sports compared to collegiate sports. Yeah. Right? In college, especially the colleges that we know and understand the most, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm, re- I'm removing some Division three because there's not really any um, – the The real heavyweights in division one college sports they can pick the players that fit the system right yeah, that's kind of the 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 goal p j fleck when he's out recruiting players he's not recruiting he's not recruiting guys who don't fit into a system mm-hmm. that's just not how uh not how it works and in the n f l actually uh professional sports and um High school sports are. Uh, I was this, just about this to is say, a huge yeah. similarity is you don't necessarily, as a coach, have a say of who's in your program. So, how can you accommodate? Uh, the abilities of the of the guys who are just naturally on your roster, especially in this instance. Now, going forward, if he stays defensive coordinator, maybe there's free agents or there's there's rookies. You can draft players. Uh, you can you can start to mold it. But especially right now, he's not provided that opportunity to just be like, "This is what I want. This is who we're getting." That's not how it works. This he has. You either got to eat the plate of food in front of you or you're going to go hungry for the night.
0: Yeah, and again, about that playing the system, he's the aggressive coach. He's aggressive by nature, Uh, the zero blitz. And what that means is there's nobody back there. Everybody is either covering somebody man-to-man or you are going after the guy with the balls. That's called the zero blitz. It means that there is no guy, there's no cover one, there's no cover two, there's no guys just sitting back in center field as your last line of defense. It is everybody, don't screw up, zero blitz. When he was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, they ran the zero blitz more than anybody in the NFL. So they asked him, could he ex- elaborate a little further on the zero blitz and why he likes it? And here's what he said
2: You know, uh, zero gives people. Some issues. Um, I think if you're willing to, um, you know, pre, you know, give a blitz zero presentation uh, and send them, and then uh, obviously offensively they've got to prepare for it um, and have some answers for it, um, and then it becomes a cat and mouse game.
1: Any comment on that, Corey? I mean, that makes sense to me. Is the threat of his of of sending the house at all times, basically, is, is enough to... Just the threat of it is enough for the chess pieces to fall into place. Like, is this the time they're going to bring everybody? This is where Harrison Smith is so uh, big, right? That's it's
0: why he was criminally underused last year.
1: Yes. So are they going to send everybody? Who's going to drop out? Like, if, if you get really good at hiding uh, who's coming, who's going, who's doing what... And then sometimes everyone's doing everything. Yeah, I get. It. I mean, I under. I uh, my simple brain understands the like. Does it? He didn't say anything like otherworldly there, right? But it it. It makes sense to my simple brain, like, yeah, we're just trying
0: Sometimes you mass don't, confusion. Sometimes you don't have to reinvent the wheel as coaches. I know everybody wants to find this new coach who's going to change the league with this new system and everything. It's like, sometimes you just need a guy who takes something that's worked before and make it work for you. And the thing about Brian Flores, and this might not be an apples-to-apples apples comparison, but it's pretty close. Defensively, he gives off a lot of Mike Zimmer vibes. I want a defense that's attacking. I want guys that are aggressive. I want the threat... Because that was Mike Zimmer's calling card, the double A-gap blitz. And that was his thing. He loved creating pressure. He loved putting Harrison Smith in different positions on the field. Where is he blitzing from? Where is Anthony Barr going to blitz from? And that confuses quarterbacks at the line of scrimmage. They have to think more, whereas the Vikings never moved last year. And everybody knew they were playing soft zone. It was so easy to attack. It's why any quarterback could rip the Vikings for 350 yards because it's so simple. And so the Vikings are going to add a little bit of complexity into the pre-snap look, which is going to help a lot. And it's something that will confuse younger quarterbacks, especially when you have the home field advantage that U.S. Bank Stadium has already with it being loud, and then you confuse quarterbacks by the pre-snap look. I mean, again, it's not reinventing the wheel. It's something the Vikings have done before, but it's just something that they need to get right and the last point on Flores is they got to get good personnel in here that's that's the biggest problem so that's on Quincy that's on Kevin O'Connell but I'm sure Brian Flores is going to have a lot of say in who the Vikings draft defensively
1: spring training officially started yesterday I should say the pitchers and catchers at least reported their first official workout is today since we're talking pitchers and catchers uh-huh CJ Let's um, let's project this out 162 games from now. Let's all right, um, yeah. Let's, let's play the hypothetical thing. game because we don't know right now. They haven't even had their. It's 8:30 in Florida. Like they're they're playing catch right now. The, the official workout has barely even started. They're doing some light stretching. What is? What does the starting pitching? or just the pitching rotation in general, need to look like for this team to overachieve and get to 90 wins?
0: Well, number one, and we talked about this before, and it's obvious, is health. They need to stay healthy, because that was the thing with the Twins last year. They had Dylan Bundy and Chris Archer, and the hope was that by the All-Star break, those guys are going to not be on the baseball club or be in the bullpen, and... All of a sudden, deep into September, as you're just barely clinging onto a playoff race, every other day, you're throwing out Chris Archer or Dylan Bundy. And that just was not a good combination. The reason is, is they didn't have any other guys who were healthy. And so that's going to be important, is keeping Sonny Gray healthy, keeping uh, Joe Ryan healthy, uh, and... Keeping as well Pablo Lopez healthy, who pitched 180 innings last year, so we'll see how the Twins respond to him after throwing that high number of innings the year before. Um, And should be worth mentioning Kenta Maeda coming back after missing all of last year with Tommy John surgery. So that's an important aspect to the Twins' health, but I think the depth is really going to be the important aspect because it is the buffer against that. It's why Bailey Ober should be in the big league starting rotation, but he's probably going to start the year in St. Paul. And they need that depth uh, because not only are guys going to just naturally get hurt throughout the year, but also in case guys underperform, in case somebody uh, you make the young guys kind of prove it. I think for this that they're really going to need to have somebody step up and be that number 2 number one esque starter cuz the twins have a bunch of number 2 and number 3 guys but can there be somebody who steps up and takes that next step is it joe ryan is it pablo lopez those are the two kind of breakout candidates
1: in that regard what do you want to see the starting five what's the what's the starting five rotation for this team in september That leads them to that 90-win season. They need to prove that they're good enough to get past the fifth inning.
0: I mean, I know Twins fans ripped Rocco Baldelli, and a little bit deservedly so, uh, for pulling pitchers so early in games. Now, part of the reason was is Dylan Bundy and Chris Archer were not good pitchers, so you didn't trust them to get through the order twice because by the second time around, they were clobbering them. But it's things like Joe Ryan and Sonny Gray not being able to get into the sixth inning. And part of it is because The Twins felt like the bullpen wasn't too great, and they kind of needed to mix and match, and then they also felt um, that they didn't want to overuse those guys. And I think the biggest thing for this Twins team is it's a little bit on management to trust your starting pitchers more and to allow them to pitch a little bit deeper into games. That being said, I think the average start for a pitcher last season in all of baseball was like five innings. So pitchers aren't going into the 7th inning anymore as a starter. That's just not how baseball is because bullpens have gotten so much be- uh, better. excuse me. And so that's going to be an interesting dynamic for the Twins to navigate through is they're going to need to trust their starting pitchers more. But at the same time, that also goes on the pitchers. They need to pitch better because if Pablo Lopez is dealing through 7 innings or dealing through 5 innings and he's proven the track record that he can get to the 7th, then you'll let him go. This guy pitched 180 innings last year. And if you look at Joe Ryan, now he's got a full major league season under his belt. He knows the grind. He knows what he has to do to keep himself healthy. So I I think when you look at that Twins aspect, they're going to need their starting pitchers to pitch deeper because I think the bullpen will be better than it was last season. But I still think at the end of the day that you can't overuse some of those top guys. And I think the way the Twins treated their bullpen last year tended them to get a little overexposed in games. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Thursday, February 16th on KWAD.